You brought pe- you brought presentations. You brought visuals. <laughs> Visual aids. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Oh my God! You know I'm a sucker for a PowerPoint. Bring it. <laughs> Ugh. Say that shit. Woof. Wait, what? <laughs> Cheers. Welcome to Amateur Intellectuals. My name is Kendall. I'm here with my co-host, Caitlin. Um, hi, sorry, I was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Today's topic is a little bit different, um, so I'm going to introduce the drink of this episode, um, and then we're actually going to skip. I don't want this like I don't want this question to be like the leading question because I think it's just a little bit too like off the nose. Like or, I don't know mm-hmm. how to say that. It, it's a little. Um, quick to the punch. So uh, the drink of this episode is the Tom Collins. I can't really figure a good reason for it. Um, It's a classic drink. There's a joke. Uh, Do you know how the Tom Collins originated, Caitlin? I don't. I just know the reference in Rent. You know, anyway, it was a Tom Collins. Anyway, it was a drink. Anyway, yes. Take my gay card. I have never seen Rent. (sighs) It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know that it is. I like I suffer the repercussions of that almost well daily is an exaggeration. <laughs> I did just recently watch a classic. I'm not I'm not oh fuck, what was it? Jurassic Park. I just recently watched Jurassic Park for the first time and it was fabulous. I'm sorry. You just said, What was that movie? I can't recall from all the movies in my Yeah. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is a masterpiece. Okay. It's, it was goat, fantastic. Like, yeah. Yeah. A masterpiece. And cinematography, they had puppets. They had puppets. Oh, yeah. And they made yeah. that out of it. And like, it tracks. Like, today, it holds up. Like, it I'm like, God. Does. I know. I know. Yes. Yes. Well, good. Well done. You're getting there. <laughs> now, rent is yeah, next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only, yeah, 700 films to go. Ugh. Yeah. I'm going to buy you that poster. That's like 50 movies to see before you die. And you have to like scratch them off as you go. Oh, I think you need okay. that in your life. I think that if it were 50, I would feel like I could do that. I just started the stand, which is longer than the Bible. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is. <laughs> I pretended to read the Bible, but I've never read like this. And But like for me, for me, I need to do it just so I can be like, bitch, look at you. You a reader, bitch. Yeah. The stand is excellent. You know? I think you'll be captivated, especially if you've gotten through the first. Stephen King, I've read that. And Stephen King is very, for me, Stephen King is super slow to like get to the point. Like, and then we're living <laughs> and we're having this like hipster life and it's so cute and quaint. And I'm like, and how many hundreds of pages until something weird happens? And right. then he gets to it and you're like, oh yeah, slow down. This is here we go. really messed up. But yeah, anyway, yeah, enjoy. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I'm about 300 pages in right now and it's I am, yeah. Only I'm, I'm only I'm only about three hundred pages in. That's most. Which books. I don't know that I've ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, thank you. Yeah, I need that. So sorry, the Tom Collins. Um, there's an old joke uh, that went around in old New York where somebody just made up this guy named Tom Collins, and they would go up. It was actually called the big hoax of like 1897. Fuck the date, I can't remember. But it was completely made up, all of it. So. Uh, a guy would come up to another guy or a gal to a gal or a guy to <laughs> I'm gendering people like it fucking matters. Um, 
He would come up, yeah, they would like, you come up to somebody and say, that there's this guy, new guy in town, Tom Collins, he's talking so much shit about you, like, you're yeah. gonna have to, like, do something about it. And uh, it had all these people, like, up in arms, and, like, even, like, there was, like, sightings in the newspapers, like, there would be, like, sightings of, like, Tom Collins. <laughs> um, so, like, they were all making jokes about it. And then this bartender, this genius bartender, was like, I'm gonna make a drink called the Tom Collins. So, the next time somebody comes in this bar looking for Tom Collins... He's going to owe me $9 for this craft cocktail. Yes. So. Entrepreneur. Brilliance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It's two ounces of uh, London dry gin, one ounce mm. of fresh lemon juice, half an ounce of simple syrup, club soda on top. And you're going to garnish this baby with a lemon wheel. And if you're fancy, uh, maraschino cherry. I just sounded like Caitlin. If you're fancy. If you're fancy. That sounds really good. I've never had a Tom Collins before. I just presume there was whiskey in it because it just sounds like a whiskey kind of, you know, it just sounds like a hearty kind of sounding drink. Yes. Like I'll have a Tom Collins. But now that I know that it's like delightful and yeah, like gin and tonic basically with a cherry. I mean, honestly. I'm on it. Yeah. Like, uh, yes, yeah. please. <laughs> I will have a Thomas Collins. Thank you so <laughs> much. I'm still to this minute trying to figure out how to make this relate. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> but the, the truth of the matter is that we're going to be talking about something a little bit different than our other topics today. Something uh, that we have um, been planning and we want to do with an extra sensitivity and carefulness and um, authenticity. So we're going to hop in. Um, I, I think the only way that I know to start this episode, I'm hoping that we can start it in one way and finish it in the same way and, and have moved the needle here um, for both of us. I mean, I think that we both have a good opportunity to learn a lot from each other from doing this. So today we will be talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. We will be talking about police brutality. We'll be talking about racism in America. Um, and what the fuck are we going to do about it? So uh, let's do it. Let's do it. This will be good. So um, jumping in heavy here, but uh, Caitlin, for you. What would you say when you think of police, right? Mm -hmm. What is the role of police? And second, who pays? Okay, so just for clarification, <clears throat> the role of what police should be or what I see the role of police is right now. Let's do both. Okay, so I think the role of police is exactly what you think when you grow up and you're in elementary school and they come for like a day and it's like, I'm going to sit in the police car and like, here's the heroes and we, and like, let's sit in the back seat and see what that's like. Let's sit in the front seat. Like, yeah, like that's the feeling I get more than an, I guess, an intellectual picture. I get more of a visceral picture. So that's what I would say the ideal is like, oh my God, they're here to like stand at the, you know, edges of any community to protect and to make sure that, you know, everything is happening um, in the light of day. Everything is ethical. Everything is um, kind. Everybody is good to each other. And if there isn't something that's happening, they step in and they make sure that order is being placed. Um, yeah. That's what I see. Again, like that's my first very first thought is like elementary school when they have, did they ever have that in your elementary school? Oh, they have yeah. like police day, oh, yeah. they have firefighter day, whatever. Okay. And like dare 
Did yeah, y'all have deer? it's the same. Yes, yeah. it's that same feeling. It's like that message of like, here's who we are. Like, you need to know who we are, know how to call 911, whatever. So that's the ideal situation. What I think is happening in the... So complicated. How do I answer this quickly? I think there's a lot of really good people. My father was military police when he was in the army. So it it was not like a police officer proper, but it was like, you know, authority within an established, you know, situation. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I think that... There are a lot of good people who come into this with really good intentions. I also think that there are bad people who recognize the loopholes in it. And I think just like the priesthood, there's a lot of people who come into the priesthood right. with real intentions to like make change, sacrifice, live a good life, make others feel like the word of God, whatever. That is also something that someone says, oh, I don't have to ever get married and I don't have to explain myself and I can (laughs) be around kids a lot and I can, you know what I mean? So it's the same thing. It's like, oh, I have problems with authority. I could be authority. So I think there's good apples and bad apples. I don't know the ratio if I'm honest, but I definitely see that it's a mixed fucking bag. And I I see the good ones getting frustrated and getting really angry. And I see the bad ones getting frustrated and really angry, but like the righteousness is somewhere in there, like definitely needs to happen. So I'm really confused. And I want you to tell me, I want you to illuminate my life a little bit. Cause I am a little like hands over my ears. It's so much. So I want you to explain it to me in a way that I can, as a white woman understand and how yeah. I can be better about knowing what this is. That was a huge, you asked me a simple question. I gave you nine hours of, of it's the a stand very... length novel. <laughs> an Speaking of Stephen okay. King. Yeah, well, I just don't know. I guess that's my problem. I feel uncomfortable because I don't know enough right. to have an opinion. So I want to know more. Right. I'm so, I, I'm really thankful for your openness and your vulnerability in this Um I really appreciate it because I, for first, am in no position to be like, I don't know the right answers. I don't know. Um, this is just my thoughts on it right now. And they change. Yeah. But talking um, about it is a first step, is it not? I mean, we should exactly. be talking about it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I want to frame what we're going to be talking about today um, in another way. I'm so very happy that you said the thing about, uh, I, I completely forgot about the good apples and bad apples. Um it's funny, the the saying was founded on the principle that one bad apple is all it takes to ruin the barrel. That's right, yeah. And the way that it's used in culture right now is, oh, there's just a couple bad apples. Not all the bad, not all the apples are going to go bad. And it's completely missing the heart of. And I think it's just so ironic that people mm-hmm. on both sides use that as like a a. a, a a way to think about policing. So so a, another way that I want to kind of like switch the lens here just a little bit. I want to today we're going to be talking more about the systems of policing as opposed to police officers. Okay. So yeah. um I understand the 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 cautiousness with talking about because like you know like somebody uh, who listens is going to be a police officer and somebody's dad is a police officer and Mm -hmm. when I was growing up my best friend's dad was the chief of police in Leffing we've talked about that a couple times and Mm -hmm. um, 
I would be very interested to have a conversation with him or his sons. Um, I haven't spoken to them in a long time, but um, it's 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 a thing that I think that people walk into guarded um, because they have attachment, emotional connection to this subject and they don't listen. Um, and I mean that from both sides. I think that that comes from both. Mm-hmm. Um, I've experienced this. This is what I know it is. And I'm not listening to you saying to me that it's the other way. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I think that's really fair. Yeah. I, 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 so for me, what is the role of police? I keep, I, for years now, I've had this thing stuck in my head, protect and serve, mm-hmm. protect and serve. And more importantly, serve. The police forces are paid by taxpayer dollars. So this, the civilians are paying for the service of protection. Um, where I live in Fort Worth, the residents pay $1 million a day for, mm-hmm. for our police force. A million dollars in a day. Wow. That is completely unfathomable to me. That doesn't make any sense. Um, I think that the job is to keep the peace, um, to be a supporter of peace and an a, a insurer of safety. Um. Interestingly, today, one third of the public says that they see police as an enforcer, warrior, military, tax collector type. Mm. I thought that was an interesting amalgamation of words, if mm-hmm. that's the right word. No, you're right. <laughs> like not um, the peacekeeper, but the, you know, I say justice bringer, but I mean justice like in parentheses, you know. Right. The strong arm. Yeah. Yeah, and we're looking at that in a third of the American public today, which is just, you know, whenever this research came out, it was probably before George Floyd. So who knows now exactly where um, this stands. So let's start with BLM. What is BLM? Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I went onto their website um, and I found their about page and I've got about three paragraphs here that I want to go over. Um, I'm going to hold it up in front of me. So, uh, you brought, you brought presentations, you brought visuals, (laughs) visual aids. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. Oh my God. You know, I'm a sucker for a PowerPoint. Bring it. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm excited. Show me what you have. Here we go. Oh no. Uh, it's just my, it's my, uh, it's oh, my paper notes. <gasps> no, okay, I, I got it. I printed out my actual notes to like mark them up, and then I was going to retype them, and then I ran out of time. So hmm. I just have my my. We're not formal notes here, Kendall. Yeah, literally <laughs> shots no. right now. It's like on whiskey. paper. Good for you. It's not on your arm. Five seconds before we go on. <laughs> right. We've stepped up. <laughs> let me pull it up real quick. Okay, let me find some research. Hold uh. on. Um, okay, so hashtag Black Lives Matter was founded in 2013 in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's murderer. Black Lives Matter Foundation Incorporated is a global organization in the United States, the UK, and Canada whose mission is to eradicate white supremacy and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes by combating and countering acts of violence creating space for black imagination and innovation by centering black joy we are winning immediate improvements in our lives 
We are expansive. We are a collective of liberators who believe in an inclusive and spacious movement. We also believe that in order to win and bring as many people along with us along the way, uh, we must move beyond the narrow nationalism that is all too prevalent in black communities. We must ensure we are building a movement that brings us all to the front. We affirm the lives of black, queer, and trans folks, mm-hmm. disabled folks, undocumented folks, folks with records, women, and all black lives along the gender spectrum. Anyone other than white men is what that <laughs> mission <Right>. is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. When I'm (laughs) looking back, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. Uh, Our network centers uh, those who have been marginalized within black liberation movements. We are working Mm -hmm. for a world where black lives are no longer systematically targeted for demise. We affirm our humanity, our our contributions to this society, and our resilience in the face of deadly oppression. We call for Black Lives to Matter is, excuse me, the call for Black Lives Matter is a rallying cry for all Black lives striving for liberation. I love that line about Black joy. God damn. (sighs) By combating and countering acts of violence, creating space for Black imagination and innovation, by centering Black joy, we are winning immediate improvements in our lives. I think that's so powerful. Yeah, Um, it is. It's funny, in a conversation I was having actually last night, um, I was talking a little bit about all this research and stuff, and um, a friend of mine was like, well, the, the thing about BLM is like it's so loosely organized. There's not like a leader. There's no like MLK. And I'm like, well, yeah. That's because MLK was around in the 60s and the internet wasn't a thing. And I think movements had to have leaders in -hmm. terms of like one, two, or three. But what I see in the BLM movement is like, there's leaders within neighborhoods. There's Mm -hmm. actually, it's not that there's a lack of leadership. It's that there's so many leaders. That's right. Everybody's empowered to do it. And there's no poster person. And I'm not saying Martin Luther King was a poster. He was so much more than a poster child for a movement. He was the leader of that movement. But I'm saying as a structure of any organization, there's typically before the internet, exactly what you said. There's a face that is put on it, whether they are it and really are the systemic leader. I mean, so this is a really like dumb example, but I mean, even nations have a face. It's their leader, right? It's exactly, you know, Angela Merkel, it's Donald Trump. Exactly. Right now. It's, Et cetera, et cetera. I mean, and like, me. uh, it, but I, I understand the idea that you're saying, and it's actually a really big transcendent thing that's happened to change an organization to where we are all a part of it. We are the ocean. Exactly. The ocean doesn't need a face, right? Like yeah. we are it, all of yes. us as one. And I really exactly. think that that's an evolution of an organized movement. And I think that BLM absolutely did that. Oh, yeah. And that's that's what I was like. So whereas it used to be a face for the people, the people are the people's face now. Yeah. In fact, it's like it's 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 the it's the amount of people that have been involved with this that actually make it what mm-hmm. it is. So let's just go right into um, the, the protests since George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, so historians are saying that they have never seen 
participation in protests like this ever. Um, while it is possible that more people said that they protested than they actually did, even if only half told the truth, the surveys suggest more than 7 million people have participated in recent demonstrations. Um, the Women's March of 2017 had a turnout of about 3 million to 5 million people on a single day, but that was a highly organized event and it was a single day. Collectively, the recent Black Lives Matter m protests more organic in nature, appear to have far surpassed those numbers, according mm -hmm. to polls. Mm -hmm. According to a professor, Professor Woodley, uh, at New School, whatever the fuck that is, said that <laughs> <laughs> the civil rights marches in the 1960s were considerably smaller in number. If we added up all of those protests during that period, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of people, but not even millions, she said. Even protests to unseat government leadership for independence typically succeed when they involve, get this, 3.5% of the population at their peak, mm. according to a review of the international protests wow. by Erica Chenoweth. Yeah. Uh, Harvard Kennedy School. So. Wow. It takes 3.5%, which, okay, help me on the math. You got 340 million people in the States? Yes. Say it declaratively. <laughs> he will not doubt your science. <laughs> so let's call it 350, 3.5% of 350. I can't do it. Mm -mm. 10? Mm -mm. 10 people? Like <laughs> don't ask me math kendall especially when i had a drink we did it <laughs> get a calculator everybody yeah. i can tell you let alone my family alone is like laughing because oh there's like screaming right now like it's obviously 350 it's so million clear. like just let us get there in our own good time <laughs> i fucked that up okay it's 12.25 million so um, I think that's actually almost exactly the number. I think they said there was 11 million, 14 million, something like that. Well, y'all heard it. There's a lot more than that is the point. Or we're right there. We're right at the mm -hmm. cusp of, of, of what it takes to um, unseat government leadership or for independence. That's, that's nuts to me. And I think that depending on where we go in the next months and uh, coming year, if, if people keep saying they're going to do something and then they don't, I don't, I, I don't see how this gets any better. Mm -hmm. um, so with the involvement that we're seeing in the BLM protests during an election year, during a pandemic, it's like Instapot, 500 degrees. Everybody is fucking melting in here. Mm -hmm. The pressure is too much. Well, and all of them are equally important. So how do we how do we make sure that every single thing gets the adequate attention, right? Exactly. It's really hard when it all comes at once, you know? Right. And you, you hear Democrats like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer say, I can walk and chew gum. I've been doing this for 35 fucking years. I'm not giving them like a fucking standing O here. But I'm saying... We have like we we can't do this one by one. We have to do something now. God damn it! Get on the horse. Let's go. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. So knock it off. No. Let's fix it. Right. Yeah. Right. So a new a new study came out about a week ago. Ninety three percent of BLM protests have been nonviolent. Yes. Did you see that headline? Yes, I did, and that. Yeah. That's absolutely 
like I have no question about that whatsoever. Yes. And it's like a no duh thing. But yeah. if you if you go through your social media, if you mm-hmm. go through even what the president is saying, in fact, yesterday he pinned a tweet on top of his Twitter and it was like a fucking horror movie. It was like Joe Biden saying peaceful protests over and over and over again while they're showing clips of like buses being put on fire and uh, riots and looting and fights and uh, people flipping off old ladies in the street. And I'm like, do these things happen? Yes, absolutely. Um, They absolutely happen. Do they happen a lot? No, not anywhere close to what you're making the perception of what's happening. Uh be to the American people. So 93% of BLM protests have been nonviolent. The vast majority of BLM protests, more than 93%, have been peaceful, according to a new report published Thursday by a nonprofit that researches political violence and protests across the world. The Armed Conflict Location and Event Data Project, ACLED, analyzed more than uh, 7,750 BLM demonstrations in all 50 states and Washington, D.C. that took place in the wake of George Floyd's death, May 26th. And... Mm -hmm. Through August 22nd. The report states that more than 2,400 locations reported peaceful protests, while fewer than 220 reported violent demonstrations. The authors define, this is even crazier, violent demonstrations as acts targeting other individuals, property, businesses, other rioting groups, or armed actors. Their definition includes anything from fighting back against police to vandalism, property destruction, Roadblocking mm-hmm. using barricades, burning tires or other materials, and cities where protests did turn violent. Even where they're saying that writing with Sharpie on a wall is violence, these demonstrations are largely confined to specific blocks. It's not American carnage, widespread death and destruction. None of that shit is real. What's happening is there are 7% of protests. of the protests recorded by this organization, 7% had some sort of violence. And the violence can even be like a scuffle with a police on the front line or using a barricade to block a road, which I've done. Or (laughs) (laughs) like vandalism is Mm -hmm. property damage is violence. They're calling mm-hmm. it violence. Mm-hmm. Well, they're cherry picking, and you're you were really on to something when you said it's an election year. Because if this wasn't an election year, I think that we'd have a very different conversation about what the cherry picking narrative is. Like you pick the stories that you want to put at the front, and you make it look like it's the whole situation, right? You put it in a certain light. You take the few circumstances that are not like the rest and you say this is everything is this what you want um right and i think there are just very much chess moves in play here that a lot of unfortunately and i don't mean this disrespectfully but a lot of people on the chess board don't even i mean both sides like are not even aware of how much they're getting played like it makes me sad you know it's interesting what i'm seeing from the trump campaign specifically bewilders me because what they're saying is law and order, right? They're saying Antifa and flag burners and the radical left wants mm-hmm. to burn down America yeah, and everyone's house. Yeah, whatever, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
simultaneously at the same fucking time, he's also saying, I didn't want to cause panic about the coronavirus. I knew people were going to die, but I didn't want to cause panic. But here I am taking something way smaller in like number in terms of uh, uh, violence, even if you fucking want to include property damage Mm -hmm. and like, let's amplify that to make it panic. Mm hmm. It's the most bizarre and like it, it, that that part specifically is election year bullshit. Um, but BLM has been around since 2013. And this is not I mean, it doesn't change the context of what we're talking about. It just seems to be even. It's it's just that pressure cooker. Everybody, we're all in this fucking shit together. It um, is. And you know what? I mean, a liar is a liar is a liar. No matter how you slice it. And Machiavellian is Machiavellian, no mm-hmm. matter how you slice it. So if somebody can justify their actions, which is a very, very easy, like, bubble you can put your brain in. Well, I'm doing this because of this. I'm doing this because of this. Like, it's a greater purpose. Like, it's hard, but, you know, leaders are great and we have to do whatever. It's so abused and wrong and i just like i don't even know what to say and i think like i hope you touch on this and if you don't like i hope we can get we can discuss it later because one of the things that i need i need the tools as a white woman to be able to speak to what i'm thinking and feeling um safely. I mean, and I don't mean that against, I don't mean that against any of the BLM side at all. I mean that against other white people. Like I want to know how, I want to know how to do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we have the words and we have the toolkit, then I feel like we're then empowered to help, to help. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that once we get through this, history and then we get to okay now we've got three things three individual things on the table and let's rearrange them to make them make sense right now i think that we'll be able to have that conversation okay so stick yeah, around let's do it um so the acled suggests that this disparity just like we were just saying stems from political orientation and biased media framing such as disproportionate coverage of violent demonstrations mm-hmm. The ACLED also highlights violent government response in which authorities use more force, uh, use force more often than not when they are present at protests that they have disproportionate, disproportionately used force while intervening with demonstrations associated with the BLM movement relative to other types of demonstrations. The report also finds uh, dozens of car ramming attacks on protesters by various individuals, some of whom have ties to hate groups like the KKK. Um, so... <laughs> An attack from all sides here. ACLED warns that the report in the U.S. is at a heightened risk of political violence and instability going into the 2020 general election, citing trends in mass shootings, violent hate crimes, and police killings. The authors of the report say the Trump administration has exacerbated tensions caused by racial inequality and police police brutality. President Donald Trump and high-ranking members of his administration have frequently generalized protesters as violent anarchists. Mm. So... It's hard to hear. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Um, protesting, obviously. Everybody, even Sarah Huckabee Sanders, can get on a stage and protesting is your First Amendment right. <laughs> and 
like we all know that the the misconception about protesting is a whole nother podcast episode because people think that peaceful protesting means that you don't shout, you're not angry, you just stand somewhere out of the way and life goes on. Mm-hmm. Protesting has and will never be. That's like, that's not protesting. It's funny, whenever the protests had start here, protests protest started here, uh, my neighbor texted me and, hey, I'm thinking about bringing the kid along. Is um, is it pretty safe? Is it pretty peaceful? And I'm like, peaceful is a really funky word because there's a lot of angry people screaming in the streets. Yeah. Is it safe? Absolutely. Should you yeah. bring your daughter? Yes, absolutely. Um, but no, it's not peaceful. Our culture has to figure out that the strategy of Martin Luther King and boycotting and the good trouble of John Lewis. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out a way to make what's happening nationwide with 14, 15 million protesters actually turn into effective forcing the hand to the table. We have to make change and make it now. We have to figure out the, the, the modern way of, um, forcing the art of the deal i suppose mm-hmm. um but we're not there yet but we're, we're, i think i i really truly fundamentally believe that we're, we're very close to that um i think if if you don't mind i just have a thought like so i come from a very obviously as we know specific background i studied for seven years how people communicate with each other how do you make mutual understanding between two people whether that's an organization and an audience or if that's interpersonal so if that's a person to another person how do you communicate in a way where you feel that you've been heard but also you feel like you have heard the other person Right. Right. In a meaningful way. So for me, my brain gets really fucking frustrated pretty Mm -hmm. quickly when I see the situation in front of us because it's such an old template. So, again, I'm coming from a very like we're open on the table. I'm putting out all my like, (laughs) you know, flaws and whatever. I'm just telling you how I think it. Um, because I trust you and I love you and I'm a, it's a safe space. Um, <laughs> so like the Jews were persecuted unfairly. They were, there was propaganda written about them that they're hostile. They'll, you know, eat your children, <laughs> they'll poison right. the well. I mean, like, oh, all, you have bad luck. Bullshit. It was probably a Jewish person. <laughs> like, and yeah. people believed this shit. It's ridiculous and wrong and we're in the same stupid antiquated template of let me take a couple of really extreme examples put them in really harsh lighting and let me tell you a story and then let me explain to you that this story is everyone that you will meet on the street it is every single person and the problem that i have with this is i see the good BLM activists, white, black, every gender, every race, like standing up and getting higher and higher in the frustration because for some reason, and I don't know the answer to this, communication is not happening. I think Mm. there's some key things in play politically that is hindering (laughs) how do I say 
this. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um, wink. <laughs> okay. But I also think, like, again, for all of the police officers, so I, I also think bigger picture, right? So I think and I wonder, who is going to grow up and want to be a police officer? Right. If it's not. If it's not black people, like I want to make a difference because I feel safe and I want to be a member, then we did something wrong. Like if if the police and just the white group and it's not all police. I know. I know it's bigger than this. I'm just shorthanding this. But if they don't have an understanding of the communities they serve, an, a right. deep understanding of the communities they serve like they should be they should live in it they should live in the cities that they serve they should not be higher holier than thou they shouldn't hold the authority stick right they're one of us forever and always and then conversely if we don't have you know people in black communities people of color queer if we don't have all of those people feeling safe to want to serve there was not a mutual understanding so again i'm coming from this place of communication. So I see yeah. these two stories. I see these two involved narratives and I don't see collaboration. I don't see any like uh, I see work. I see work being done to try to get closer and closer to each other and overlap, but there's a lot of reasons to not want to keep fighting that fight. And that hurts yes. that hurts everybody. Like why Absolutely. can't we all like why can't we all just get along? Like cliche, but like God damn it. Wouldn't Why it be can't nice? we all just get along? Yeah. If we could just count on morality to win, if we could <sighs> count on ethics to win, it would yes. we wouldn't have to uh sing in the streets and fight and and <sighs> all of that. Uh, yeah. uh yes, we're going to get to I what I believe is the answer to that question. And oh, I good. politics does play a role in it. It is the God damned unions. And mm-hmm. we're gonna do it, we're gonna do a quick thing on the unions too. Because it, what they get away with, I don't understand it. Um, but first I wanted I want to jump into Blue Lives Matter and why specifically this one thing happened and what it's done to shape our culture. Okay. So I found an article that I just I mean line by line I was like bomb, truth bomb, truth bomb, truth bomb, go girl. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh this is from the uh Boo Pipe I don't Did know you how just to say, say boob pipe? Like boob pipe? pipe? <laughs> Damn it. I'm looking at it now and I don't know what that says. B U P I P E dream. Oh, boob pipe. Okay, like boob like boo boo. Dream. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to you. Um, yes. So, the fictitious foundation of the Blue Lives Matter movement equates an occupation to a racial identity. This unfairly results in privileging the civil rights of the authoritative role of the police over those intrinsic to humankind. Besides undermining the plea for equality before the law and society that the Black Lives Matter movement champions, the Blue Lives Matter counter movement has fractured America under reductionist falsehoods. They perpetuate the dangerous conception that a Black Lives Matter movement is an anti-police group and that there's an inherent trade-off between improved community police relations, the sanctity of civil rights, and protection of law enforcement. Police have a long track record of brutality, with fatalities rising in rates increasing steadily since the 2000s. The number of deaths of African Americans at the hands of police has reached historic heights for the first time ever. And beginning the first year of the Trump administration, police use of force is the sixth leading cause of death for young black men. 
Six leading causes for death of young black men, police brutality. Top six for white males is heart attack, cancer, injury, lower respiratory disease, stroke, diabetes, Alzheimer's, suicide, flu, and pneumonia. Police, number six. Mm. Among all groups, black men and boys face the highest lifetime risk of being killed by police. Our models predict that about one in 1,000 black men and boys will be killed by police Mm. over the life course. That makes me sad. While white men and boys face a lifetime risk of about 39 per 100. And although Amber Geiger makes the news, maybe in spite of her making the news, each year police kill anywhere from 900 to 1,000 people. And since 2005, 15 fucking years, only 35 officers have been held accountable through convictions. Rising in response to the Black Lives Matter movement around 2014, the Blue Lives Revolution has since deeply penetrated America's psyche. Founded on a self-proclaimed need for the united position of law enforcement against Black Lives Matter's goals, there stands a disconnect between the civil rights group's purpose and the hollow nature of the officer's intentions. On top of the pitiful mechanisms withholding officers' accountability, that's unions, the office, or excuse me, the police are already one of the most protective groups in society. With ample privileges following court rulings in the institution's favor, their protection is further prioritized prioritized over the everyday man through state and congressional congressional legislation mm-hmm. following the lead of the independent state bills increasing and following the lead of what the fuck following the lead of independent state bills increasing the penalties against those who harm officers the protect and serve act of 2018 overwhelmingly passed with bipartisan support in congress to comprehensively make offense, offenses against law enforcement a federal cr- crime Placing the defense of the police within the hate crime framework, it equates a voluntarily chosen career path with the immutable traits of human existence. The Blue Lives Counter movement's powerful influence on the country's first greatly tone-deaf bill constitutes the undeniable privilege of the institution's cries to action. Shifting the mainstream's focus to hostilities against the police instead of those perpetuated by the police, the movement has reduced Black Lives Matter fight for civil rights as an all-out war against police that jeopardizes officers' lives. This incorrect interpretation discredits efforts for racial justice and produces disproportional legal protections, further fabricating a dichotomous narrative in which the protection of Black lives and police officers can never coexist. The Blue Lives Matter movement principally manufactured the haphazard us versus them narrative, which has triggered an imbalanced protection of an occupation over the fundamental rights of minorities. The blue lives in our country operate with such supremacy that it enables dangerous ideologies and soundly guarantees to reproduce further fatalities and turmoil. I mean, there where words jesus jesus where are my words please pray for me i'm so angry of the entitlement right yeah i'm so angry about people being feeling this feeling of like well then what but what about me you're all looking out for you what about me i'm so tired of that and i feel like so I said this, I feel like I said this to you, but it might 
not have been to you. I have to think about this because it was a couple of weeks ago, but I said to somebody that was equally less loved than you because you're the top person (laughs) (laughs) other than family. (laughs) No, I don't know. Somewhere on this, somewhere I said to somebody like there's the, what's the goal, right? Right. The goal is mutual understanding. The goal is let's trust each other. Let's open up and trust each other. Don't give me a reason because we're in a standoff here. Don't give me a reason not to trust you. Yeah. Just let's step inch by inch closer together until we understand and get comfortable in each other's presence so that we can come to a place where it's like, oh, that person's awesome. Oh, right. Like he's white. She's black. Like, oh, yeah. Like that's the goal. Right. It's like, I love her. I love him. Like he's he's my neighbor. I love him. I watch his kids. I watch her kids. You know what I mean? Right. Right. It's frustrating for me that everybody's shouting louder than the other. That's just where I'm coming from. And I know it's different than yours, but my side is the BLM movement is absolutely necessary. It is absolutely necessary, period. I just want the fighting to stop. (laughs) Like, I just want, I just want everybody to get along and I want fucking order here the thing that everybody says they have or want and nobody has like i'm just i'm frustrated i guess i don't think that that's true i don't think that blm at least in my experience of the protest i don't think that it is true that we just want the fighting to stop i think what they the, the idea is that like just justice mm-hmm. and it's it order and justice and the way it should be right fixing the order the the order is the thing that's wrong Mm -hmm. the order is is the thing that's killing us the order is the thing the standards by which the order operates is fundamentally flawed so that's why i say it's the dream i don't think that it's the goal i think the goal right now is justice Mm -hmm. and reform what what's so singularly mind-blowing to me about blm not blm blue lives matter Mm-hmm. It was literally created after Black Lives Matter to specifically counteract the positions of Black Lives Matter. And the positions of Black Lives Matter is Black Lives Matters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the police put blue, thin blue lines on their cars and on their badges and their face masks and their and then their friends and family are doing it too and it becomes this us versus them that blm i don't think was ever, that that's not the intention the, the intention is help yeah this is a cry for help change yeah. help jesus fuck help i agree i kendall i completely agree with you i think that you're really on to something there i think oh you're shouting for something, I can hear you, or I can shout louder than you with my thing, because obviously you're not hearing the way that it was. That's the counter. Now, that said, I have to stand up on the Blue Lives Matter side as well as the BLM side. Like, again, I come at this from a really, I want to be clear, because like, I only know what I know. Like, I don't, come with any kind of better understanding or holier than thou, or I see both sides, I'm transcendent. But just like, I come from this angle of like, I saw 
that because like there were the before this there was the Rodney King um, mm-hmm. riots that were happening, mm-hmm. and then before that there was the '60s in Detroit. I see they they had BLM movement in its various forms had to evolve in order to compete in a system that wasn't it was rigged against them and and like i see that and i and i appreciate that and that's terrible like that's all that's all that i have to say on that like it's it's don't stop fighting don't stop believing in it because it's gonna get there we're gonna get there and like remember while these people today may not understand the children growing up are seeing this right Right. So remember that there might be change here in the works, like just keep it going, like endurance, you know, but I just, I struggle, I struggle to say any absolutism. I, so that's all I'm coming from is like, yeah. I struggle to see that Blue Lives Matter is completely like set up to, and that's not what you're saying, but it, that it's, it's hard for me to feel no, that. No, that is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay, baby, I love you. Yeah. So, okay, well, good. Let's let's talk about it because I think, um, I I think that there it wouldn't have caught on if there weren't good people who saw the superficial face value, right? The lily pad on the surface or whatever, and we're like that. Like, let's take it and let's adopt it because I am a good officer and I've served for you know 15 years and my dad served right. and he never ever hurt anybody and he only helped like the world is big enough for good police officers, just like the world is big enough for bad, you know, people who are going to abuse the black lives matter. And I mean, white people, black people, anybody, right. The world's big enough. So it's hard for me. It's hard for me in any absolutism because I think the, the structure to getting mutual understanding is we have to hear the whole narrative from both sides. And I feel like there's good people and bad people and how do we find the good people and connect them with other good people so that we can like shut out the bad people and like make unification? Yeah, I don't know that I'm making I sense. That. No, I need that more is making, alcohol. No, that does make sense, and that that's a really beautiful thing. I think oh, that it's idealistic, though, honey. I know it's, it's completely idealistic. It is <laughs> no. that it, because the, the here's here's the hang up for me. Mm-hmm. You cannot. I, 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 this is overused and and it's maybe cliche and tacky and Twitter and whatever, but I use it all the time. And it's like whenever somebody's like Blue Lives Matter on like my Facebook or something like that, I'm like, mm-hmm. you find me one fucking blue person, and then I'll listen to your bullshit. But until you can do that, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not willing to go there with you because fundamentally we're talking about two different things. Is there space for there to be good cops? Absolutely. Are most cops good? Absolutely. Are they using the Blue Lives Matter logo on their like profiles and stuff? Probably not. If they're probably the ones that not. Are the... No, right. no, you have a point. You have a point there. Like, show me somebody that's like, you know, an example of what you're arguing for. You obnoxious well, person. Like, that, you know, uh, that that is a big part of it. But what I'm saying is fundamentally, we're talking about somebody's skin color. We're talking about the way that people are treated based on their skin color, something that they can't take off, something that they didn't choose, something that isn't a career Mm -hmm. or a job for five years and I'm going to move on to something else. Fundamentally, we are not talking about the same thing. So that's where I like have like a, a big immediate disconnect off the bat. 
Now, if we want to talk about police reform, if we want to talk about uh, championing good police, paying police more for yeah. diligent hard work and extra training, let's do that. Let's talk about that. But we cannot yeah, talk about yeah. Black Lives Matter versus Blue Lives Matter. Blue lives don't exist. Mm-hmm. And you can't hold them up against each other. You can't hold them the same left and right like because it's not it's not the same thing at all like exactly. it was a it's the one is a movement the other is a campaign right yeah oh, that was yeah on its head mm. on its head and it, 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 it we saw it you know yesterday with the nfl had its first game of the mm-hmm. season and the two teams linked arms i was like good NFL. luck here comes coronavirus yeah <laughs> which honestly let's watch how quick they get it these fuckers <laughs> booed a, a sign of unity and i'm like let them all fucking get it let them all fucking get it i don't want anybody to die but yeah, yeah. fucking hell a couple of weeks out take a minute in your room and quarantine and you think about what to, you did you need to think about this shit because you're booing that that's what you're yeah. like literally just black life existing you're booing because they're not even they're standing and linking arms together and like it's, it's okay. so fucking wild to me so we've got this last part um where this is just kind of an aside and then i then i want to have a conversation with you a discussion about these these pieces that we've put together here okay um mm-hmm. so the unions this is something that i've discovered in my community as being terribly corrupt and i would venture to say i've read some articles that say that about 84 percent of the unions in the nation have um some really funky uh clauses um that really don't make any sense so um government worker i wrote this in my notes and then i tried to fact check it and then i couldn't find exactly it there's there's weird exemptions here, but government workers essentially aren't able or are not allowed to unionize. So unless it's like the post office and then they're like required to be in a union, there's like weird like little things. Um, mm. But the police have found another way to effectively hold this sort of status, and they do that in POAs. So where I live, Fort Worth, we've got the Fort Worth Police Officers Association. Uh, the POAs uh, set up a meet and confer agreement with the city. So essentially, once that happens, mm-hmm. the way that I like to think of this is like, so essentially you've got contractors hired by the city under the standards accepted in the meet and confer. So they've got lawyers and teams of negotiators that walk into a, a meeting with the mayor and mm-hmm. they tell the mayor how they're going to operate. But the mayor pays their salaries and you can't unionize. So how this system has worked, I don't really understand how we can break it down. Can I break it down really quick? I would love that. Yeah. I'm so I'm so offensive. I'm going to make so many enemies. Okay. You know how dog breeding. I love dogs. Dogs are my best friend. (laughs) I love dogs. I don't mean that as a derogatory like thing i love bitches i love bitches too <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> um okay so dogs were bred for purposes right they became right. the top of the line from wild dog over there into like a specific purpose you've got breed like i'm sorry you've got herding dogs and you've got Dots hunting and dogs and you've got all these purposes and they're the apex of their evolution right right well then 
you crossbreed and you cross-contaminate and you have more and more and more just to sell more, right? And you don't have the specific purpose anymore. And then they start breaking down, right? This thing that started with really good intentions, with real purpose, unions. Yeah, right. Becomes incestuous and it becomes stagnated and it becomes this devolved troll thing that it was never intended to be but loophole here entitlement there like keep with the times and like like holding on to these things that culturally don't make sense anymore we don't need them anymore and here you are you have now a dog that will live for three years with no snout that can't breathe it vomits all over your floor (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you got an ugly mess and you've got a mess, but it's a beautiful purebred, isn't it? I mean, it's a it's a really, really arrogant, like immature example. But all I'm no, trying to sense. say in this is it started right. It With started as a pure necessity because workers were, you know, truly dying on the job and they right. were working 15 hours a day. They were children, whatever. And then it just got corrupt and That's it a- turned into this thing. That's all. That's a really good way. To, yes, I see your point. I so I'm not against unions. I'm not against unions either. I'm against corrupt unions. Right. No. 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 Exploiting. It, no. Exactly. And, and and like so this and particularly this kind of union, I think should be illegal. Um, mm-hmm. This should be outlawed because. Um, what you say, what, like, so, so, so in my notes, I have, um, so the opening pages of the Fort Worth Police Officers Association meet and confer agreement is littered with you defend us, we'll defend you city men in city management, um, in cases. So mm-hmm. you have all the power so long as you, you operate as do you allow us to operate under these standards? And then they hide in there all of these rules for when an officer does something wrong, he or she is going to be suspended, but can only be suspended for this long and will Why? be put back onto the team. And Why? It, it's literally... Why? Exactly. Why? And why do they need all these like, like extra laws? Rules. Like, why do they need all these things coming in? That's anybody. Why do you need all these terms? Like, I don't get that as an employee when I go into a new job saying, I'll take this job, but only if you do this and this and this and this and this for me. Exactly. They're like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to hire somebody else. High maintenance bitch over here. Like, no. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And I'm like, why? (laughs) And the the, the privilege that it it has afforded officers, it it lets them literally get away with murder in the worst of cases. And and yeah. nine hundred to a thousand deaths a year since two thousand five with thirty five convictions. Thirty five convictions. What these these meet and confer agreements are doing? They're writing in there all of these standards for which the city, you scratch our back, we'll scratch your back, we'll get through this thing together. We're on the same team, and it's absolutely immoral and completely yeah. wrong. They're using money. From officers' salaries, you're forced mm-hmm. into e- like they write for people not even in the union. They set the standard for people not even in the union. What does that mean? Sorry, like, if you're a police officer, you don't have to opt into the union, but you will abide by the standards uh, by which in the meeting confer. Oh, so Whoa. it's just this totally wild. And then, so 
Fort Worth is its own animal, but in Fort Worth, you have the Fort Worth Police Officers Association donating. They are the highest contributor to our mayor's reelection campaign. So they're paying for the mayor to win so that they can have her at the table at the meet and confer. So that when they take those negotiators in to set the standards, yeah. they're actually expanding the amount of time that the meet and confer lasts. They're, they're changing yeah. up the deals. I see it. They're yeah. making it. And, and fundamentally, this is where I w- really want to hammer this in. A union operates to benefit the laborers over yes. the employer. So the employer in this instance is the city, i.e. the people. Yeah. Who... The officers should be, as we said earlier, protecting and serving. Peacemakers. The, the, the entire point of the union is to negotiate benefits off of us. They, they get to write the rules for themselves and we are paying for it. And that doesn't make a lick of goddamn sense to me. Hmm. It's, it makes sense to me, but only in the jaded eyes of politics the, uh, i see the i see the game it makes sense to me i don't agree with it i just see it and recognize it as also a political move like you're making these moves because then you have the bigger stick and you can do more with it right mm-hmm. i mean yeah like it had, it had if i'm if, if i'm uh president of the poa of course i want to write the rules of course and like if i'm I don't I don't understand how the city allows that to happen. I think that literally nobody thinks about it. But like if you think, think about that's it, right. yeah. I think that we've just gone through this system and like modern policing in America is only about 75 years old in the way that it exists right now. And oh. it's like, how in the world does 75 years has led to this, to where they are negotiating protections for themselves against us, the people that they have power over mm-hmm. that does that, that must be wrong it yeah, doesn't it like, doesn't feel right to me yeah you're no you're right i yeah i mean i absolutely agree with you i absolutely agree with you i mean so okay let's take a very let's, let's take just a really stupid step back because welcome to me let's take a very no, stupid girl. step back for a second but yes let's so go back. military police as a principle right somebody in the military in their service, has to ha- be the order keeper. That's what the role of military police is. Right. So the idea of this is we have to have someone here that's going to call to order. If somebody gets, you know, if somebody punches out somebody else, if somebody, you know, breaks their nose or strangles them in the middle of the night or whatever, we got to have, what's our law here? Like, we got to have something. So I agree with the idea that, you know, we got to have somebody here. Like, we got to have some law and order within whatever establishment within whatever culture. But you're right. Like if I take that example of what you just told me and we start saying the military police had terms for like, let's just hypothetically say the U S army. Right. And they're like, we're not going to perform for you. (laughs) Like, unless you like, you want law and order. You don't want like the, you know, the criminal in your midst, just some random guy that's a threat or whatever. Like, uh, you don't want, whatever, whatever situation military police would be on top of it. 
with. Like, you don't want that to happen. Okay, well, here are our terms. Like, it's it's this or nothing. It's like, that seems pretty ultimatum-y to me. Like, why does it have to be one or the other? Why can't we just say like, and- okay, here's our services. You, We are held accountable to you. You are our boss because you pay our salary. Like, the end. Like, and 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 the 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 bosses are elected officials. So why in the fuck are we allowing them to write their own rules and go over our heads and even the mayor's head when it's for us, right? Like the rules should be written by us. Mm-hmm. So what the way it's that it's pretty you man- simple. I mean, especially the way you lay it out, it's pretty simple. Yeah, like it's the way it, it should be. It, right. The way it should be. It it, it literally you, what you're doing is like it, it sounds like Uber to me. I'm like, okay, so the police officers are acting like Uber and they're like, we're only going to supply our services under these terms, in which mm-hmm. we're basically immune from mm-hmm. anything. We can kind mm-hmm. of do whatever the fuck we want and be protected. Oh. So long mm-hmm. as it isn't egregious. And then even sometimes when it is egregious. Okay, well then no, you're fired. We're going to find somebody else, right? Like, wh- wh- how are we allowing a group in every city in mm-hmm. the nation, except for I think three, where we let them come into it and be like, our dick is out on the table and you suck it or we're moving <laughs> on. And it's just, <laughs> it's it's mind blowing to me because it's us. Like the weapons that are on your hips belong to us because we paid for them mm-hmm. and your training belongs to us because we paid for it mm-hmm. and your car and your education and your retirement and your livelihood and your, all of it. Like there, there was a saying, the guy, damn it. I should, I knew I should have written that down, but the guy who really revolutionized the police, Thomas Paine, I think was his name. Sylvester Stallone. I don't know. Um, he said, he said, the people are the the public, the public are the police and the police are the public. And that was revolutionary because what he was saying was it's going to be an integrated system of trust. The, all the things that you were saying earlier, it's like it, 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 this at its best is when we trust each other, when we come from the same neighborhoods, literally the exact same neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, and, the and, sense and, of camaraderie, right? And, and oneness, unity. And it's community policing is what is 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 the ultimate pipe dream, I think, for all of us. I want to read um, this. I going back to the first question: protect and serve. I'm on a new. Mm-hmm. I've been throwing this around in my head for a couple of weeks now. There is no such thing as a justified shooting. The police cannot be executioners of the law. It is not their role. They are. Um, they are like, um, for lack of a better way to explain it, they're the delivery people. Like they're they are the detainers mm-hmm. to, to then find justice, justice right. for yeah. whatever the court system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. They're, I'm with you. Yeah. And and like. We could get into some discussions because I think that's an incredibly nuanced opinion, right? Or not opinion, but a way like because then you get into like school shootings or you get into burglaries Mm -hmm. where a family's in danger or you get into. You could argue it all day either way. Right. Both sides. Yeah. 
But I, it's a mess. It's I a stand. Mess. Government is so goddamn hard because there's so many people. Um, <laughs> but I stand. I stand very, very firmly on the. I believe up until the point, even if a police officer is under attack, himself or herself. Even then, the the duty of the officer is to protect and serve the civilian attacking them. That is fundamentally the job. The job isn't, he came after me, so I put down a threat. I think that that should be a part of the job. I also think that ridiculous training, the best training should be part of the job. And a really damn good pay should be part of the job. You should be paid to be the best. And... Fort Worth should, and every city should recruit. They should hu- mm-hmm. like hunt for the best, find the best of the best to lead mm-hmm. community policing into a new era. So can I ask you a question on that? Yeah. And I really am asking, this isn't yeah. a loaded question. I, I genuinely want to know your answer to this. So if in the hypothetical that I under- that I think I understand that you're saying if you take away any kind of deadly force as a last resort or even even and I don't even agree necessarily with like I don't know where I am I don't know but stun guns I mean like where is the line of like there's got to be some some kind of stick here for the for the people to understand that there is an authority here not to be abused obviously the cameras i thought was a great idea um the body cams like amazing it protects all involved if anybody wants to exploit the police officer done if anybody if a police officer wants to exploit their victim like done like you can't camera don't lie boo boo (laughs) right so but anyway my question to you is if you give them what would you in your ideal scenario Mm -hmm. what would you give them to equip them with something to protect themselves in the situation where because if you give them nothing except training and let's say you know like a baton or something that could Mm -hmm. slow somebody down but not hurt them like really hurt them lifelong kind of hurt them um how will law be enforced mm-hmm. by the ones who are actually not good? The ones who actually are like criminals and like are like, you don't have any weapon. I can take you out. I'm going to shoot you because I can have a gun and you can't. Like, I, I really want to ask that question. Like, yeah. how do we meet that scenario? If yeah. they if their training says don't kill unless truly body cam says like you are on top of you, whatever, or else real consequences and see like fundamentally i think that like no you don't get to like you don't get to have a gun for the purpose of protecting yourself because had you not been into the scenario for example in fort worth a couple weeks back uh uh, the police were called on a man who was going to commit suicide he had a gun he was uh it was uh, having Hmm. a a mental crisis and the fort worth police sent in the mental crisis a specialized team they walked Mm -hmm. into the, the door with guns on their hips, the man in a mental crisis pointed his gun at the police because of mm-hmm. course he did and they shot him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is exactly what the fuck we're talking about. We're talking mm-hmm. about how the system's in place. If you don't walk into that situation with your gun, you're probably not going to walk into that situation like that. So I think the the number one problem and i'm going to lose a lot of people here the number one problem is guns in america guns in america 
are the reason that the police have to have AR-15s and bazookas. And mm-hmm. at least that's the Gotta reason they think stick, that they... Right? Yeah. They get to have... A bigger have. stick than the person coming at you or whatever. Exactly. Right. They have the, the mine trucks and the SWAT and the riot shields and the tear gas and the military grade, all of it. That's the real issue. Now, mm-hmm. because you go into like, you look at the UK where they don't even have firearms. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot I, of stabbings. <laughs> <laughs> and imagine, just fucking imagine. No, I, mean, um, I make light of it. It's actually a very sad situation. Yeah, but well, yes, you're right. But but the, the number of deaths by guns is nothing. Substantially I mean, it's lower. Zero, zero, whatever percent. I don't, You're welcome. I, <laughs> I don't think that <laughs> the role of the police is law and order. I think that the role of the police is protect and serve. And I don't, I, I mean that in, that sounds like very thin, I think, but I don't think, I, I think that it's about disarming, de-escalating, detaining. What we just saw with Jacob Blake Shot in the back Mm -hmm. seven times, entering a car. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if there's a knife in the car or not. You allowed the situation to escalate. You did not detain. You did not. And he never even was armed. So uh, you can't trust the you can't trust the bad cops with the guns. You can't trust the cops with the guns to make the right decisions. And you can't trust the people not to have guns. So you're just in a catch 22 where I think that we really need Mm -hmm. to have a come to Jesus on guns. and. Culturally, we have just really fucked that entire thing. Um, when it comes to like big stick stuff and authority, I don't think that like police should be the authority. I think that the court systems and I think that community accountability should be the authority. Not. But how do they be? How are they the authority if somebody's not going willingly or whatever? Like, how can they ride that line? How can they answer? I guess what's the solution? Um, if, because I I'm coming from a background of like, they probably should have, like they should be armed in some way. Does it need to be a detain arm? That's the like only thing that you a can't taser, do. right? Like all day. I think they should have like a Batman belt of tasers. Well, and I, because I, you're absolutely right. Your argument saying that like when you say like they should never be able to shoot somebody in protection of their life. Like, I think you said something very poetic there. Like, yeah, like that makes sense to me. And we have the technology today. We don't have rocks and sticks anymore or like boomsticks. We've actually got electricity and whatever that can now, are there going to be people who like have a heart attack in it and whatever, like, of course, like whatever with all things, but like, you know, with like, it's not a perfect weapon is all I'm saying. It's not going to solve no, everything. It, but it, it, I think they should have tasers. They should have tasers that don't kill anybody. And like. Right. A detaining. You know, they should have weapons of detainment. De- detaining. And, and that's, You're right. And that's it. I agree with that. But I, I do feel like if you take away the boomstick being the taser, being the like gun, being whatever it is you take away a little bit of their authority and then they're out there in uniform and you're assuming that people are good in the sense that they're going to listen to authority without being like forced to in the cases that need it. Now, now it's want you pay the Pied Piper one way or the other. Um, because like, I really like, you've actually really opened up my brain on this cause I've never thought about this before, but I really think 
guns are not necessary for what they do, but I do think they need something more than their badge to get the job done. Cause there's just so many people that are like, fuck you. I'm not, I'm not about like, no, I don't want to ruin my job or my career or whatever. Cause I'm going to jail. Cause I drunk drove. And now I like have to go into prison or whatever, like or prison. I'm such a fucking white girl. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> jail prison, <laughs> the can, girl. the clink. The can. <laughs> <laughs> such a yeah. fucking idiot. I'm so not the authority <laughs> to talk about this anyway. No, I'm dry, but yeah, you're doing I good. definitely think you're onto something there. And I think there's some, there's something there, like get rid of the like holier than thou paperwork that says that they're not accountable. Like all of us have, I mean, if we don't do our job, we're at will, whatever, we're fired. The end. Right. If you shoot somebody or if you beat somebody to a pulp, you're going to be fired. Like right. we will do an investigation. If we find that you were you know, you punched him eight times and you needed to punch him one time to stop him right. from coming at his family or whatever. Right. Like you're going to be Indicted, held accountable in the court convicted. of law like he would be. Exactly. Um, exactly. But, but I guess how do we untangle this? I mean, I think I think you're absolutely right. And I think we have we definitely are two Venn diagrams here with with some overlap and some differences. And that's why it's such a rich thing, because like we're the fucking paragon. <laughs> Of how people should be talking to each other. Because you and I don't, like, I see what you're saying, but, like, you and I have different bringing, like, different philosophies on this. But yeah. look at us. Look at us. Yeah. If we can fucking do it over drinks. Yeah. <laughs> with mutual respect. Fucking get, get me a fucking police officer. Get me the fucking... I say the head of BLM, but there isn't one because you just explained how beautiful and wonderful this organization is. So get me someone who can be a spokesperson, yeah. their press agent, yeah. and I want them to sit down and have a goddamn conversation over drinks. We'll yeah. buy the shots. I, yeah, yeah, and 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 that's really I I I love that you make that point now because that's the thing that's really blowing my mind about what's happening in America and in, in, in the silence like we are seven weeks away from a pretty polarized election no matter how you feel on it people are passionate <laughs> people are passionate and there no one's talking about it and I'm like yeah what in the fuck how we're there we're there been there like it's because people are exhausted right they're people depleted are exa- and we're just so and we're scared. We're so scared to yeah. uh, say the wrong thing. And mm-hmm. and you just, it's so goddamn important that we talk about these things because we learn off of each other. And like, I don't know, you know, uh, in my situation where I've been protesting and hanging out and at home and working safely and stuff, like I get a pretty one-sided view of my own view because I'm deep into my head about oh I've got black and white on this 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 and this and talking Mm -hmm. to you I don't take into things like I don't have a kid I don't have a kid in my house that Mm -hmm. like if somebody came into my house what the fuck would I do with my kid Mm -hmm. in the house like I told you I would have gone to the protests if I didn't have a kid because I believe in it I believe in it but I don't believe that I have to physically go there and risk my child's mother right? because I don't trust that peaceful protests will end peacefully. And that's not to say that I'm not putting blame on anybody, like all y'all. I mean, <laughs> I don't mean all y'all, like literally. I just mean like, you don't know that it isn't some crazed person or, or even time. just one trigger happy police officer. It's that's all it time. takes. That's right. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's all I'm saying. It's I get like, it. I, I, I appreciate I, it. I, Thank I totally you. I get it. Thank you. I love you. You're the best. I love you. I think you're the best. I think that what we, what we're doing is, I want to do this so much more and I'm so glad that we did it in this way. Um, you know, I've talked about like with friends, friends' mothers about like, you know, convincing her that she has some unidentified racism that she needs to deal with. Mm-hmm. And like talking about it in ways of like, hey, this is in your bones. Like this was built, not built, but like as you yeah. were building yourself, it was in there and it's not your fault. Yeah. And I'm not mad at you. And I don't think anybody really is. So long as you're addressing it, so long as you're tending Open-minded. to the work. Yeah. Open-minded and willing to evolve, right? Exactly. Because like, yeah. it's in, that's like, it's my bones too. Like we're all, we all got the same sponge filler in here. Like it, it, it's not our fault uh, to some point. So mm-hmm. long as you're taking care of it. And then if you are obviously doing anything other than that, then we, we can talk about fault and blame, I guess, a little bit. But we just have to pay attention and be open. And and once you get to go and once you get to talking on it, like you'll learn that I learned things tonight. And um, I certainly hope you did too. Mm, I did. I'm going to wrap this up this way and then we can have uh, you, you wrap up and then we can be on our merry way. Um, our merry way. It's 2020. How yeah. dare you? That's <laughs> offensive to me. You. I'm feeling attacked. <laughs> what Mary? No, yeah. What? I, I, Where? It, it didn't even sound convincing. And <laughs> we're gonna fucking marry. <laughs> um, so oh I, I I really appreciate you saying the uh you. I would have gone to the protest. I have a kid, and the, the, one this could be the one time I I completely get that, understand that. I have here written, and and this was something that was big, and because our protests in Fort Worth weren't very big, um, but there's so many ways to protest. Protest any way you can. You can protest with your money. You can protest with your vote. You can protest with your oh. time, with your body. You can buy supplies. You can donate, make signs, masks, shields. Uh, Amazing. Deliver food, deliver water. There's so many ways How to be How do you involved. show up? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even if like, even if it's like, I had a conversation quickly one time at work and it was like, just uh, if you want to like send some money so that they can buy some cases of water, that would be a tremendous help. And like that, yeah. like it, there's just 14 million ways to get involved. Lastly, I want to say my dad it, not that I don't, I don't think that I'm bitching because I think that this is far more important than bitching. But my dad, um, last time I talked to him, was like, well, you know, anybody can bitch about a problem. The real thing is finding the solution. And he's got a point. He was talking, he was talking about something else. But that stuck with me here. And um, I wanted to say, it, join Campaign Zero. Um, it's this organization. They've set up a really awesome um, system to ask for reform in your cities. Um, and they'll even show you like which of the laws need to be changed in your community. Like it updates oh. based on your location and stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. So the first they've got it, they've got a system of um, 10, 10 demands. I just want to read them to you and let them mull in your gorgeous brain for a minute Stop or two. It. Don't you flatter me. I'm looking it up right now while you're talking. Yes. Okay. We've got one. End broken window policing in terms of no policing for small crimes and uh, transgressions. Uh, two, 
community oversight. This is humongous. This is what Fort Worth has been demanding since the killing of Tatiana Jefferson in her own home about a year ago. Um, community oversight is is a is a panel of civilians that have the power to hold police accountable. Um, so so important. Number three, limit the use of force. Number four, independently investigate and prosecute. Number five, community representation. Number six, body cams. Number oh, seven, wow. training. Number eight, end for-profit policing. Nine, demilitarization. Ten, fair police union contracts. We covered a, like at least half of those mm-hmm. in only an hour and 29 minutes. So I think we did pretty good. Can I tell you a very quick anecdote, little story um, that my mama always tells me? Because I think it's relevant. I would love uh, that. It's super quick. Okay. I probably told you this before because I tell everybody who moves slower than me this story. So, like, I'm like, hey, did I tell you this story? And like, yes, you did. <laughs> cool. Here it is again. Um, so I apologize if I've told you this before. But so there's this uh, story that my mom always told me when I was growing up because she's trying to build my character. And she's trying to make me understand the world that we live in, right? So... And she's trying to do it age appropriate. And she told me this many, many times. Uh, I almost got through an episode without mentioning my mother. So I almost (laughs) got there. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so she says, um, she told me, and so this is actually based on a Native American uh, story. Okay. Okay. There's like a, and there's many renditions of this. I'm going to fuck it up because welcome to amateur intellectuals is what I do. Okay. There's a, like a grandfather who is talking to his grandchild and he says to the, let's let's say grandson, um, he says there are two wolves and there's the good wolf that represents the light and the goodness and the ethics and the, you know, everything that we are fighting for, everything that we want out of life, all of us, every one of us. And then there's um, you know, the dark wolf, there's the bad wolf, and he represents selfishness and insecurity and evil and fear and all of these things, right? Um, so they fight. The two of them are fighting in like on the ground. <laughs> like they're fighting, literally fighting. Which one wins? Says the grandfather. And the grandson, being little and cute and not jaded by the world yet, says, the good wolf, obviously. Like the good wolf, right? Am I right? And the grandfather says, no, it's whichever one you feed. Oh. I mean, the one who, the one who's fed is going to have the energy to put it out into the world. That is so correct. Yeah. So I say that, I say that to the Blue Lives Matter movement. I say that to fucking Republicans. I say that to the to BLM. I say that to people on the fence. I say that to, you know, the people who are putting their head in the sand. I say that to every fucking person in 2020. And I'm working on that myself. I'm not like, again, I'm not holier than thou. I'm working on it. I'm trying yeah. to be braver in a time where, you know, being quiet is not okay anymore. Yeah. And I think the one you feed is going to really, really matter yeah. as we move on. Yeah, that's really powerful. So, which fucking wolf? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, yeah. that's all. That's gorgeous. And it, it's such a good way to wrap up. I mean, it's, it's talk to your friends, check on your friends, get involved. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. Uh, ta-da. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I know, right? Like find the commonalities. I don't care how different you are fucking if you can't find one commonality then you're a piece of garbage that is not relatable to other human beings and you're a serial you're killer and you need to figure out some shit yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yes it's such a big part of what we this going back to Brene Brown for my 15th is such a big no. part of what we need we need connection and 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 and, and you know we both hopefully all of us have learned something from this and um Yes, I did. I really learned a lot. Kendall, I learned a lot. And I told you this in the beginning. I was really uncomfortable. I told him off air, like I was, I'm so uncomfortable talking about this. I don't know that I'm qualified to talk about this. I don't know. And Kendall really illuminated the conversation. He's like, he calmed me down a lot. And he said, and you said like, no, we need to talk about it. Like, like, basically you said like you're wonderful we've got something to say on this it'll be fine but also like we have to do this right um and i was like okay and so but again that's the beauty of having friends that you can talk to about these kinds of things we're doing it on a microphone but you should be able to talk to your friends about these things you should be able to talk about your talk about it to family i mean you know, talking to family that don't agree with you, you got to have the patience and you got to have the focus to just try to navigate those conversations so that you can come out of it with mutual understanding, not complete understanding. We're not yeah. aiming for the moon here. Just, just some common ground where we can move forward and like hold hands together and go forward instead of fucking looking over your shoulder every goddamn second right? because you don't know you know, what the person behind you is after or going to do to you. That's not fair to anybody. That's all. Say that shit. Say that shit, Mary. That's right. This was great, Kendall. This was amazing. Thank you for this one. This was a really good, it was a good like intro course. I have a lot of work to do to like study up. This is just glazing the surface and you made that really clear. Like this is just the tip of the tip of the iceberg, but at least now we have an intro. And and for anybody who's like me, that is kind of like, listen, I know what's going on, but I'm kind of like, I kind of just, I want everybody to get along. I don't know what's happening. It's really good for me to see it in a way that's safe and welcoming and like, okay, this is what's happening. You need to look at these things. It's going to be fine. That's what we were trying to do here. And I think yeah. you did that really well. Let's chat. Let's talk about it. Um, let's talk about it bring it bring it to our socials and bring it to our our email because i have things to learn and i am open-minded and kendall fucking knows it he knows his stuff so if you want to talk to somebody who knows what's going on you can talk to him if you want to inform somebody you can talk to me because i'm willing to learn (laughs) i am too i can i probably need a couple whips (laughs) into shape there um but yeah we don't need to be educated we just (laughs) <laughs> Tell us how great we are. That's all we want. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, thanks for coming along. Uh, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, if you have an idea for a topic or if you want to hear us uh, do a deep dive on something, give us an email at amateurintellectuals at gmail.com. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's it. We'll see you next week. 
Mm-hmm. Question mark. Hopefully, yes. If we're both, if we're both, you know, up and ready for <laughs> what twenty twenty brings next week, <laughs> yes. we'll be here. I'm sure oh, they yes. wouldn't. Twenty twenty wouldn't be that kind to no. us <laughs> to put us out of our misery. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.